In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Not bad with a fluey voice. Um, yesterday we packed the churches, uh, the CEOs, as we say, the Christmas, Easter, and Oshana faithful are all present. Um, glorifying God, thank God for that. It was great to see you all, even though it was that uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, days of the acronyms that we have. Um, praising our Lord Jesus Christ, celebrating his triumphant entrance as the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings into uh, Jerusalem. And we have entered the the Holy Week, also known as the Week of the Passion of Jesus Christ, the Passion Week, as we uh, embrace ourselves, prepare ourselves, in particular during this time of Lent fasting, to commemorate the passion, the sorrow, the suffering of our Lord uh, for you and I, and to celebrate the victory uh, over Satan, sin, and death. Praise be to his name. What I'd like to talk about today is, um, I'd like to backtrack. Uh, let's go back to yesterday, uh, Sunday, the Sunday of the Hosannas or Palm Sunday. Hoshib, <coughs> excuse me, Hoshib at Oshane. You're going to hear that. So, you know, as I've always said, there's no... Um, uh, editing will continue. Um, and I'd like to have a talk about uh, the triumphant entrance of Jesus Christ and um, like to share with you the commentary uh, of uh, one of the church fathers, and I've quoted him a few times, Marodishu, oh sorry, Mar Ishudad of Merv in classic Syriac is Mar Ishudad Marozaya, uh, Romanized is Mari Ishudad Maruzaya. Uh, circa AD 850, so mid-8th century. He was a bishop of Hadath, which was a town close to the mouth of the, or the mount of the great uh, Zab. In Arabic, it's called Al-Zab Al-Kabir. And in Kurdish, it's Zay Badinan or Zayn Mezin. And he was during the Abbasid Caliphate, which was near the current day Mosul, Iraq. And uh, a prominent theologian he was of the Assyrian Church of the East and best known for his commentaries on the Syriac Bible. And he quotes amazingly, he, he gives us um, ten, uh, I'm sorry, seven points of why Jesus did what he did, the, the type and the images that he was portraying. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, he begins by saying, uh, why a beast of burden? Uh, he says, our Lord uses a beast of burden, which was not his custom. 
uh, not on account of fatigue. He wasn't tired. He wasn't exhausted on the way to Jerusalem because he walked by foot for 17 miles from Jericho to the House of Olives. Um, and he then requests a beast uh, or a creature or an animal uh, a little for a little less than two miles from the House of Olives to Jerusalem. Why? The first thing uh, uh, Marishudat uh, comments is that he went on foot from Jericho to Bethpage that he might tif- typify the labors and displeasures of human nature, that is our nature, which our nature bears in this cursed earth from transgression of the commandments to this point, the breaking of the commandment to this point. So when Christ was walking from Jericho to the House of Olives or from Jericho to Bethpage, he was typifying our displeasure, our fallen nature, because which we had borne the guilt and the burden of the fallen nature, the fallen state, because of the breaking of the commandment until that point. And today, even today, beloved, we continue to carry that burden because we are still a broken, sinful people. That is why we continue to sin. That is why we continue to disobey God. But what Jesus did gives us hope. And he goes on to say, But from Bethpage, the beast of burden and what preceded it typify sufficiently the retraction or the abolition, the the, the abolishment of the fatigue of our nature and its liberation from harm to the rest that is in heaven. So from Jericho to Bethpage, he was typifying our burden. From Bethpage to Jerusalem, which is the city above, which today our Jerusalem is the heaven that we await, Christ is typifying the that he sufficiently retracted that burden <clears throat> and that he took away that burden in his nature so that we may from this point until the second coming and to entrance into the kingdom of heaven, we will be liberated with him. And secondly, he goes on to say, the beast of burden, that is the, the donkey or the ass, typifies the riding on the flaming clouds, his own at once and ours. When he was taken up into the clouds, we read in the Holy Scriptures, and the angel says to the disciples, why do you gaze in heaven, this Jesus Christ who was taken up, so the same way he will return one more time. But when we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul writes, um, on the day when the Lord returns, he writes, Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet our Lord in the air, so that we can meet him and greet him, and that we may come in praise before him, so that we may meet our Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with our Lord Therefore, take comfort one another or give comfort or comfort one another with these words. So the beast, the riding of the beast into Jerusalem typifies, signifies his 
taken up in the cloud into heaven, and when he returns, we the same way, according to 1 Thessalonians 4.17, will be taken up with him into heaven. Marishudat goes on and says, but an ass and not another animal, this is to say a balasta, a white donkey. We're going to read some scripture about this white donkey. Why? Why was it a white donkey and not another animal? Number one, to destroy pride. And this is so common. Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey to teach us humility. I mean to that. But he goes on to say to destroy pride, which is the offspring of Satan, and typify humility, the fountain and cause of all our good things, which is humility. Why a balasta? The balasta, which signifies his, listen to this, his lordship and his kingdom, for it was the custom of satraps, that is, governors and kings of that time in the Old Testament, to parade about in honor upon such animals. That means a white donkey or a white ass, a balasta. And evidence of this is Deborah, the prophetess and wise woman, saying, You that are distinguished among the peoples, bless the Lord, and you that ride on white asses, that is, or donkeys, Jude, oh, sorry, I'm sorry, Judges chapter 5, and I think it's about verse 10. So what would happen, kings and governors returning from, uh, from wars, being victorious on these white donkeys, and, and the crowd would shout, save, save, meaning you saved us from our enemies. That's what Hosanna means. Hosanna is a praise, but Hosanna means save because Jesus Christ is going to save us from the burden of sin and he will ride and we too with him when he returns into the kingdom of heaven, those who have or will be saved on that day when he returns. That is why it was not an ordinary donkey. It was a white donkey. It was a balasta. And he goes on to say, also that he might establish a law for the shepherds and rulers of the church. Let me say it again. Let me read it again. That Jesus sitting on a donkey, being a white donkey because of his lordship and his kingdom, because kings would ride on those. Our king of kings is riding on the donkey. You know, after we've ascertained that it was humility, now he's showing, he's de depicting, he's confirming his lordship and his kingdom. He is the king. But he does this also that he might establish, according to Marishudat, a law, a precedent for the shepherds and rulers of the church that as much as possible they may bear labors and hardships for the sake of the deposits, that means those who have been entrusted to them, the deposits with which they are entrusting, that are the souls, the flock, and that if there happen to be a necessary reason, they may use rest and a vehicle. This is 8th century, beloved. But only what is of little value and such like, and leaving what might puff up 
That means avoiding what might puff up that they may strengthen themselves in humility of mind. Wow. A lot more just divine, and I'm sorry, a lot more than just, oh, humility. Jesus showed us humility. He was also, obviously, he was uh, fulfilling prophecy, Zechariah. He was fulfilling, fulfilling the prophecy. And he goes on to say, number four, by the donkey, he signifies how stupid and ruthless our nature is of all that is divine. As Isaiah testifies in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 3, the ox knows his owner and the donkey his master, master's crib. So he wants to show that we are so ruthless and so foolish because to date, beloved, not only 2,023 years ago, to date, people don't know their Lord. People don't know. People don't accept Jesus to be the Lord. Maybe not them. Don't accept them to be their Lord, but admit, accept, and confess that Jesus is the Lord, is the Christ, is the Savior, is the only path and the only way, the truth, the life to God the Father. Maybe you don't want to accept it. That's fine. But admit and accept that he is. But I don't want to accept. That's your choice. You have the liberty that is being granted, gifted, graciously gifted to you by God. By, and, but the donkey, the ass, you know, that word is uh, it, we use to, to downgrade people, to insult people. You ass, right? But ass means a donkey. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to go into the other definitions. Let's, let's leave that for the world. He goes on, Marishudat, but two were brought, as we read in Mark, two animals were brought, a she donkey and her colt, which is a young male horse. And he rode upon them both as the interpreter and others testify. Do you see how the church fathers are also referring to the writings of the other interpreters, other church fathers who were gifted, who were permitted, who had the Holy Spirit back in the 8th, the 7th, the 6th, the 4th century to comment on the Holy Scriptures? Let me read that again. But two were brought as she-donkey, which is called a Jeanette or a Jenny, and her colt, that is young male horse. And he rode upon them both as the interpreter and others testify, sometimes on one and sometimes on the other, to show that he conquered both beneath his power the nation and the nation's Together, That means the Jewish nation and the Gentiles and praise and glory be to his name. He is conquering both the Christians and the non-Christians. The Christians being the Israel of God, the nation of God and the non-Christians being the, uh, the and the, the Gentiles being the non-Christians today. Those who haven't received the law the covenant, the new covenant, the spiritual covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the she-donkey, the Jenny, he signifies the conversion of the nation 
which before was toiling and laboring in the burden of the legal things, which means the law. They were labored by the law. They were labored by the man-made law. They were labored by God's law. Why were they labored? Because the law, as St. Paul says, was weak. Not that the law was weak, but the law was weak in human nature because human flesh was weak and he could not make anything of the law. Hence, Jesus Christ fulfills, not abolishes. Jesus didn't abolish. He fulfilled the law in his humanity on our behalf. And he gave us the new law. And he goes on to say, by the hot-headed cult, hot-headed cult, he signifies the nations as not subjugated and not learned in the law, which is the cult. The sixth point he says is that, that he might signify by them both the male or the mother donkey and the colt, her colt, that the first and the last and the fathers and the children and the obedient and the disobedient and physical bodies and peaceful souls would be, would be brought under obedience to him. Remember when he reinstated Simon in the Gospel of John, and by the way, it was by the fireplace, wasn't it? when they had caught nothing and then they dragged the net, 153 fish, they came and saw that the, the coal was burning and there was fish on the coal, food ready prepared so that he could eat. He could eat to prove, to confirm that I have resurrected with the body, the flesh. Let's read the verses. It's John chapter 21. Let's pick it up from verse 15. When they had broken their fast, ooh, those who opposed fasting. There's the word in the scriptures. When they had broken their fast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these things? He said to him, yes, my Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. That is the children who don't understand anything. Children don't have faith. Well, Christ is telling the church to feed the children, the lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, my Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. That is the males, the fathers the husbands. He said to him again the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? It grieved Peter because he said to him the third time, do you love me? So he said to him, my Lord, you understand well everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my ewes. That is the female. That is the mothers, the wives. So according to Marishudad, so true, the fathers and the children and the obedient and the disobedient and physical bodies and peaceful souls would be brought under, under obedience to him and they are in the church. Those who are being ministered by the church are under the obedience, are obedient, should be obedient, should practice obedience 
to him, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, praise be to his name. Point seven, by the cult he signifies about his power that though it was a cult not broken in, that means no man had ridden it, no man had sat on it. And we read this in Mark chapter 11, verse two. And he said to them, go to the village ahead of us. And as soon as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied up on which no man of the sons of men have ever ridden. Untie it and bring it. No one had ridden without a saddle or a pack saddle with nothing on his neck, no rope, no halter, no bridle. And he went up and down those difficult and rugged lanes and by those tangles of branches of, and clothes that were in the way and leaping off snares, the colt was not made wild and did not kick, but it was very nearly humanized, writes Marishudad, and reproved the pride of the scribes and Pharisees who completed the beasts and animals and resembled them. The cult did not kick, did not jerk, but accepted the authority, accepted the carrying of Jesus Christ. And yet the Pharisees did not, I wouldn't say couldn't, did not want to accept. So who was the animal like there, beloved? Marishudat goes on to write, And just as the sea bore him and did not drown him, thus also the colt bore him and did not get restless, for the creatures felt that he was their Lord. Even the creatures knew that he is their Lord. The ox knows his owner and the donkey his master's crib, Isaiah 1.3. And today man does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. The sea submitted to him and became calm. The wind ceased. Legion went away. The fish gave up the money. The fig tree dried up and the cult became quiet. But today man does not accept and does not want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. And those who claim that they have accepted him as their Lord want to accept him according to what they feel and what they like. What part of Christ do you want to accept? Oh, you cannot judge me. Only God can judge me. Amen to that. Praise and glory be to his name. Why? Because Jesus says you cannot judge. Amen. But Jesus says flee from immorality. Flee from sexual immorality. Free, flee from drunkenness. Flee from the patterns of this world. What about that? The animals that Jesus used accepted and received and were obedient to him in every circumstance. And he goes on to write, but the crowds were divided into four parts, those who were accompanying Jesus. Before him, and behind him, and on his right hand, and on his left. The mystery of the splendor of the last day when he returns. For just as in the last day, the wicked shall remain in the caves below, meaning on earth, 
Their eyes darkened and shall weep and wail and gnash their teeth and start calling out to those who during their term of life on this world were trying to speak to them and, and you know, and, and witnessing to them and, and trying to wake them up and bring them to repentance. They will start crying out, Oh, Rabbi, oh, Stephen, oh, help me, oh, Mar Palan, oh, Saint Palan, help me. But the Lord will say, I did not know you because you chose not to know me. But the good shall be arranged in four orders. The angels before him, the righteous who have not sinned at his right, the repentant in his left, at his left, and the children behind him. Singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. That means save, save, you have saved when we accompany our Lord riding on the cloud, but we will not be walking beside him. We will also be riding on the clouds into eternal bliss, eternal kingdom, into the kingdom of heaven. Thus also congregations here are arranged with the prayer of Hosanna. Their cry signified about the victory which they possessed by his means over Satan and sin and death. 2,023 years ago, when Jesus was entering Jerusalem, little did they know that they are crying out Hosanna because Jesus Christ will grant them the victory over Satan's sin and death. When we enter the kingdom of heaven, as we preceded last or yesterday, as we took part in the procession, our cry out for hosannas wasn't because Jesus entered into Jerusalem as a king. That's been fulfilled. That's been confirmed. He is our king. He is our Lord. Our cries yesterday were that, Lord, may we cry out the same praise, the same voice as you take us up into the same cloud with you into eternal kingdom. And yes, beloved, we have entered the Holy Week, uh, the week of the Passion of our Lord. We will grieve, we will have remorse, we will sorrow, commemorating His Passion, His suffering. Why? You know, we call it, do we call it Good Friday or we call it the Passion Friday or do we call it the Sorrow Friday? Well, we can use all three terms. It is good because Jesus died for us and we gained the victory over Satan, sin, and death. At the same time, beloved, let us, not rem- let us not forget that he died because of my sin. And each time I sin, each time I disobey, I have that burden. I am that beast of burden. I am that beast carrying the burden. But it is good because he has taken away the burden. And it is good to mourn with Jesus Christ because of my sin, not because of his victory. But on the day of the resurrection, Sunday, April 9th, we glorify. Actually, during the vigil, Saturday evening, the custom was that the vigil would be done outside of the church. In the homeland, this is how they would um, celebrate the vigil or they would uh, uh, you know, um, uh, fulfill or complete the vigil 
they would be outside of the church and there comes one specific part during the vis- vigil we proclaim. Give peace one to another in the love of Christ and the lights will be um, illuminated and switched on and we would enter the, uh, the church, the, the house of the Lord, praising and glorifying and blessing and <laughs> reminding one another, encouraging one another that Christ has risen And the reply would be, indeed, he has risen. All this, beloved, we do, we remember once a year. We should remember every moment of our lives, but that one precious time a year is because Jesus is resurrected and has promised us that same resurrection. So I know yesterday we packed the churches and it it sorrows me that people attend Palm Sunday to receive a branch. Yes, it is blessed. It's a token of a blessing. But all this that Jesus has done is is only valued in a branch, which we burn the week after um, uh, the resurrection, the new Sunday. So you just come to church to receive a branch, but don't come to church for Easter to celebrate the resurrection and to give thanks to Jesus Christ for his victory over sin, Satan, death, and sin. That that is not the proper way to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, beloved. So looking forward to seeing all of you, those who are at the Marate Parish, looking forward to seeing all the pictures posted on Facebook after the resurrection, uh, celebrating this triumphant, this victory, beloved. It's ours. It's for every mankind who is living on this earth to have a part of that victory by means of Jesus' victory, to believe in him, to accept him as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be baptized in his name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, that we may all celebrate together. And the tradition for breaking fast is this, beloved, not harissa. Is that porridge, Stephen? Could we say harissa, porridge, yeah. Not harissa. You know, people say, oh, I'm going to break my fast with the Harissa, the Ladies Committee. God bless the Ladies Committee for their, for their tireless efforts. No, no, no. Grab yourself an egg that is colored in red, which symbolizes blood, salvation. And the egg, the shell is the tomb. When we break it, it means that Jesus has resurrected because the yolk is life and the white uh, sorry, the yellow is life. The white, the yolk, is the shroud of Jesus Christ. And when you break it and you break your fast, that is then completing your celebration. I pray that the blessing of the holy, blessed, triumphant feast of the resurrection of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ will be bestowed upon you and your families. I pray that this Easter, this resurrection, that you are moved, beloved that you are touched, that you don't leave the altar until the next, until Christmas time. No, that you attend that altar every Sunday and continue to celebrate this resurrection of our Lord. May his peace be upon the hearts of those who do not know him. May his peace change and touch and instill in the hearts of those that do not know him the desire to return to our Lord and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Do not be reluctant to mention, to cry out, to use the name of the Lord Jesus, regardless of 
if we're in prison for one year or two years. No, no, no. I will mention the name of my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, at any time the Spirit moves me to do. God bless you all, and I pray that you enjoy your either your celebration of the feast amongst uh, your family and your friends, and let us at all, at all times ascribe praise, glory, honour to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit now and at all times and forever. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. For any future topic suggestions or to give us detailed feedback, please visit our link in the show notes, linktr.ee forward slash double-edged sword. Until next time, God bless you all.